Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hello. Once again, we will um, be running through all of the soccer from recent from the recent week. We'll start with the Premier League and then as filter our way through, through as we always seem to do. Um, but let us start. Uh, I forgot there were Premier League games today. Whoops. Forgot about those. Yep. Um, there was just one today, I think. There were two oh, today. Oh, no, two. There were two, two but nothing crazy. So we'll talk about those, but we'll start. Um, we'll start the weekend. on Saturday at the weekend. Yes. So funnily enough, remember how I said in last week's episode, um, <laughs> I gave a warning to Liverpool yeah, not to get too them. high off their 7 nothing win. We warned them. Um, at really Man U. I, I really spoke that into existence, didn't I? Because uh, bright and early Saturday morning, actually, probably before the episode even came out, um yeah actually yeah uh liverpool drop points to bournemouth they lost of all, one nothing of all teams so which like, like really said, does impact like the t- like the relegation battle which is like really yeah too. like so as i said you know stay humble always stay humble stay um, humble also another relegation battle i is that everton beat brentford mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. interesting and Leeds um, tied Brighton, which also and Leeds was tied potentially yep. And Southampton tied Man United. <laughs> yeah. So and and West Ham and Aston Villa tied. <laughs> yeah. Basically, what we mean, and this might be a little bit earlier than we thought we were going to talk about this, but when we said last week that things were tight, it's now five points between twentieth and twelfth. Yeah, this is really shaping up to be um, the craziest relegation battle in, in like a memory. long, long, long time. Because we're talking, you know, what, nine teams? Yeah. I mean, in yeah, yeah, on points, yes. Like, honestly, yeah. Though I yeah, think that like nine... Crystal Palace would probably feel less worried than let's say like West Ham. Sure, sure, but nonetheless, we're talking points wise. Yeah, the distance between twelfth and twentieth is the same as between the top two teams. Yep, and you know, so and it's is really and is less than what it is from twelfth to eleventh. Yeah, it's eight points. Between Crystal Palace yeah. and Aston Villa, it's five. Between Crystal Palace and Southampton. And Southampton. Yep. So, like, I don't know. Like, I'd be feeling a lot better if you were Crystal Palace than Southampton. But then again... Crystal Palace has like, a game in hand. So, better. Like, right? Like, Crystal Palace, Wolves, Everton, and Southampton are in 27 games. Leeds, Bournemouth, West Ham, Leicester... Nottingham first on 26. If they all win those games in hand, this changes. Like, oh, this looks really different. This all looks really different. (laughs) Like, completely Um, different. (laughs) I was like staring at this today and I was just like baffled. I was like, this is absolutely wild. Like, I'm going to be, I feel like, well, I don't know how stressed you will be. I'm going to be really stressed at the end of the season due to Arsenal, but like, 
I almost wish that I, all I could do is focus on this because this is going to be so fr- that's like, what I'm saying like, like I would remember like a couple just to, you said like, yeah a you remember weeks a couple ago, weeks like, ago I said like I don't want the title to be decided on the last day yeah, so we can like, watch this, this is why yeah like, I want the title to be decided a couple weeks early so that I can pay attention to this relegation battle so that I can put my energy into this relegation battle all, because you this have all is all the games on at the same time. You know, crazy yeah, shit's gonna like happen. I don't if the title comes down to the last day, like that's going to be such an overload. Like I need the title to to be decided before the last day. One way or the other, I need it to be decided I, me, before the last me too. day because me, really me I, too. I I want to I don't want to focus on the relegation at all. It's just fun. Like, no. it's like, it's just like, it's really like life or death for these, like, not really, but like is for these clubs. And like, it's just like, they're going to fight as hard as they can to stay up. It's going to be good. There are like some top teams down here, like West Ham, Leicester, Everton, who like, you wouldn't normally expect to be in a relegation battle. Mm-hmm. so it just adds to it there's like, a, lot, mean, honestly, a lot a lot in realistic like in all honesty southampton may stay in the premier league next season like that is how crazy this is no like that's what i'm saying like usually at this point in the season there's one team that you're like pretty confident that team's that team's yeah. done for right like yeah. like last year it was i think norwich like at yeah. this point in the season like you were like yeah Norwich is going yeah. down like there's not like this year I can't even say confidently Southampton is going down like because a couple they win two games and all of a sudden they could be in 14 like yeah you know what I mean like this is gonna be bananas and so if you're not paying attention to the bottom half of the table start, start. now start <laughs> um it's it's gonna be a fun time uh to say the least um yeah other anyway. other things results wise yeah um yeah so Leeds drew brighton uh chelsea beat leicester a 10 men leicester 3-1 um tottenham beat nottingham forest also 3-1 um west ham Aston villa tie newcastle beat wolves 2-1 um the only thing real notable in any games that outside of the ones that we always talk about the most um is the Casemiro red card in the yeah. uh menu Southampton game. Yeah. I'll be honest, I think people are being so funny about this. Um <laughs> because they're like she never gets red cards. Why all of a sudden he's getting red cards? He's a conspiracy against Manchester United. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Genuinely shut the fuck up because I I firmly I genuinely firmly believe that most of these people never watched Real Madrid outside of the one-off Champions League game here or there. Yeah. Um and so they really didn't have a sort of like base for Casemiro before this. Yeah. Because he is straight up one of the nastiest, dirtiest players I have ever seen in no, my life. No, it has there's like, absolutely no reason why he never and, got red cards at Real Madrid. And it was a and it was a, like a common thing that we would talk about. All how the time. it was ridiculous that Casemiro never got sent off because he would commit these ridiculous, atrocious fouls. It was and like he never got sent off. Yellow he like, card didn't even get like, never like got... double yellow. Like it was like 
he has he'd been sent off i guess before this year at Man U he'd been sent off twice and both of them were double yellows and that alone was baffling to me like we used to just absolutely be convinced that there was something going on like because it was crazy like the way that he got away with shit like genuinely like I know everyone talks about Sergio Ramos Casemiro was worse like Casemiro was just as dirty as Sergio Ramos so I genuinely believe that these people just like don't have the proper frame of reference to be talking about this and I'm like they just Casemiro doesn't have the Premier League refs bamboozled the way that he did La Liga's for whatever reason like so of course it does not surprise me in the least that he's been sent off twice no like i'm so i'm so the negative of surprise i think i even said when he first got traded to man U, I said something i don't know if i said it on here if i just said it in my life to people <laughs> but i said like i wonder if we'll see him get sent off more you know with like i feel like the la liga referees were desensitized to casemiro like, I feel like that's what happened. They got desensitized yeah. to Casemiro. And I said, I wonder if he'll get sent off more in the Premier League because they're not bamboozled. Yeah. Like, they haven't been desensitized to him. And what do you know? There you go. What do you know? So I just think that's funny, the way that people are talking about that, because genuinely, if you watched him before, like, on with any sort of regularity, like, this is not surprising. This is not no. at all surprising. Like, he used really to absolutely... Isn't crush messy like no yeah i mean he was known that was what he was known for right yeah like he was was the dirty nasty yeah i don't i don't know who's surprised by this people who never watched him before but anyway i just think it's funny the way that people freaked out about it it's entertaining for us it's entertaining to see them drop points again um as we were saying last week you know Man, they got they got way too to. high and mighty about an EFL Cup women. Yep, they and now did. Here we are anyway. Um, so that's fun. Moving um, right along. Yeah. Please. Um, so Man City, not a ton to talk about in the city game, to be honest. Um, City won one nothing on a penalty kick that was put finished off by Erling Holland. Um I think the most the thing that stands out in my brain the most is that I was sad that Phil Foden came off relatively early. I think it was like That's 57th minute. That's the only thing minute. she texted me in the entire game. I think um because and I know he came off because he got a knock and he's been injured and they're just being cautious and there was no need to keep him on but I was boo um (laughs) yeah anyways uh De Bruyne didn't start at the weekend um he did come off the bench but he did not start um so that's worth noting because we've been talking about De Bruyne and his his form recently overall it was city like controlled the whole game. They just couldn't get the ball into the goal until they won the penalty kick. The penalty kick itself was like obviously a foul. It was just a really stupid foul for the um, Crystal Palace to give up. Like he was just really late coming into Gundogan, and like 
he just should not have flown in yeah. like that. Like there was I just no did, reason I didn't for him see to make it. So it's like it, they basically played a short corner into and like Gundor was just inside the box. Yeah. And he passed it towards the top of the box to Jack Greatlish. And then at right as basically he's passing it, the um the Crystal Palace player just sort of like clatters into him. Oh, yeah. Um, and like takes him out. Hmm. And it's not like a particularly bad foul or anything, but like it just it just was reckless. Like it just or it just, it just was careless, I should yeah. say. Like yeah. the challenge wasn't particularly dangerous or anything, but like it just was like he didn't need the ball, like he didn't need to make a tackle on on Gudo. Like yeah. it yeah. was just sort of like it seemed to me like the 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 player was like, I forget which guy it was, but he was like, Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, short corner, short corner, short corner, and his brain like short circuited. Um <laughs> Cause it was a stupid play. like he just shouldn't have done that um yeah. it gifted it was a gift it like it just gifted them a little and city were dominating the game and city you know very well may have scored anyway you never know but um not good like, for know, me no, they, they had 14 shots um and all that jazz yeah. and you know almost 70 percent uh possession and all that jazz but um yeah like it just it was a stupid play from the the Crystal Palace player that just gifted them the goal. Yeah. Um, but nice to get a clean sheet again for City. Um, yeah. Cool. Over to you. Speak to Arsenal. Um, this was, surprisingly, very calm, enjoyable afternoon for me. Morning for me? I don't know. Surprising, right? Um, after last week where... Heart attack, maybe, is the right description of it. Um, I think some people thought that Arsenal might not turn up for Fulham. I think that they thought that, and they're not, I don't think they were wrong to consider this, that there might be a letdown after the crazy win they had against Bournemouth, uh-huh. which is valid. Um, but we came out and just dominated, absolutely dominated. Um, the span... Um, where our three goals came in the sec- like in the second half of the first half was just clinical. Absolutely clinical. Yeah. Um, we looked really, really good. Um, Leandro Trossard had three assists. He assisted on every one of the goals. Um, I did see that, yeah. Which, as our, like, I would say, like, big signing of January. Um, uh-huh. Having you know, him being the replacement because we didn't get Mudrick, it's really nice to see how he fit in. Again, the, whatever we're doing with him, Martinelli and Saka playing up top looks really good. Um, yeah. And like he slotted right in um, and is looking brilliant. Um, and it was really nice too, um to have such a nice comfortable lead we were able to sub people out in the second half like relatively early Arteta subbed people yeah I love to see and then the big thing is that Gabriel hate Jesus um returned I mean he only played about 10 minutes I think but it's great nice to, to see, see him, him back, back. On the field, he yeah. did oh my god he slipped he was so close to scoring it was it was like oh this would have been perfect perfect way um to kind of cap it off as if he had scored but it's really good to see him back, especially because Ninketia has picked up a bit of a knock. Um, so I don't know when he would be back, though. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm, I don't think that we should 
not play Jesus, but also the three up top right now were firing. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if you, I don't know if you play around with that. I feel like Jesus may, at least for a little bit, be that type of player who comes on in like the 60th minute or so. Um, what a uh-huh. nice super sub to have, but um, indeed, yeah, we'll see. But um, really, really pleased with how that game went. Um, just kind of being like. And Fulham, like, I, I feel like we were both, like, Fulham's a pretty, like, a good team in the Premier League, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they were tough when Arsenal played them the first time, and I think that I was a little bit worried about what was going to happen. Um, uh-huh. But we we handled it well. Nice to see people rest, too, because we um, our Europa League game is tomorrow. And though I don't care, Arteta seems to, and he will play our guys. So it's nice to try and get people um some rest. I also heard this interesting thing because because now Arsenal's playing on Thursday like evenings, they will always be playing like Sunday like midday or evening or whatever time because of like the gap they need. And someone uh-huh. was saying, "Oh, this could end up not being good for them because City will most likely play before them." So like whatever uh-huh. City does, Arsenal's going to feel like they need to match. So people were like, "Oh, is that's an city win. And I almost was like, I don't feel like that's the, true. I felt the opposite way almost. I was like, they're going to see what City did and they're going to come out and play. Like, I feel like it's not the pressure. It's like, I feel like they're going to come out like and feel like they need to win. See, I feel like it doesn't matter. I feel like Pep, Pep is very much of the scenario that you don't worry about what the fuck anybody else is doing. You worry about what you're doing. And I feel like Arteta is that way as well in the sense that, yes, of course, they're going to know what happens and that's going to do it a little bit. But I think by and large, both of these teams have have likely been, you know, very strictly coached that it doesn't matter what the other team is doing. We're not paying attention to what they're doing. We're not worried about what they're doing. We just got to do what we're doing. So I don't know that it really matters one way or the other. That's an interesting thing to throw out there. But I ultimately don't think it matters either way. I don't think it helps or hurts anybody in particular. Um, I think because I think both teams are just are coached that way where they are as much as possible, not going to be concerned with what the other team's doing. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I I don't I don't think that it'll matter. It was just an interesting like thing. It's that an interesting thought. Saying. I just um, don't. I also I think, think too, I think that like impact anything. not like I'm going to say this and I don't really pay that much attention to what everyone's saying, but I feel like, and also like, this is me because also I'm an Arsenal fan, but like, no matter what Arsenal does, it's always like, oh, do we still, do we actually think they can win the title? Like, can they win it now? Question mark. It's been on and mm-hmm. on like that. Um, and granted, I'm going to be the first person being like, guys, don't get overconfident. Because we shouldn't, but um, do you feel like maybe Arsenal fans are like looking for like excuses that they can point to if they were to like end up not winning? It's it? not. Oh, like, it's do you not, feel like that's what's it, happening? Sorry, it's not Arsenal fans. It's like pundits. I've heard say oh, this. Okay, um, I'm not in tuned with Arsenal fans as a massive whole. Um, I think Arsenal fans are going to be our pessimistic slash optimistic weird selves always um and i think that there's starting to be a little bit more excitement of ooh, maybe we could i'm telling you i'll tell you from the twitterverse 
um, updates from the Twitterverse, there's definitely been an uptake in, in Arsenal fan confidence. Yeah. Um, Which is before the terrifying. last two weeks. That is terrifying. For the last two weeks or so, I really didn't see any smack talk um, from Arsenal fans. And I'm starting to see it now. Where I'm they're so talking. Too, too, not too, like too, to me. Like, but I don't care. But like, they're they're starting to be like they're hyping up their own guys at the at the detriment of other guys. Like they're they're going, you're not us, you're not us, you know. Like you wish, like they're starting to do that kind of stuff a little bit. Um, and the stuff that you usually see from like United, Liverpool, City fans, like Chelsea fans, like that sort of sort of like big behavior sort of thing like my yeah. team's doing well behavior you're st- I'm starting to see it from Arsenal fans um well not from this Arsenal fan here no I know um, certainly not from you but it, it is something I've noticed like I yeah. definitely is not something I saw before the last couple of weeks but I have been seeing it a little bit more yeah. the last couple of weeks it, it, it does um, really feel like um I feel like we got through February, which felt like a big, a big, a big hump over a, over a dip, I would say in form um, uh-huh. and having, and I know we all thought that we were going to have a dip. So having been able to manage that and come out the other side, basically uh-huh. still in the same position is, is I think a boost in confidence to say the least. Yeah. So Whatever that means, we have to keep playing. We have some tough games coming up, and just I will feel yeah, stressed um, and worried. So there's always that. But um, I feel worth that's... noting. Worth noting that this weekend, if Arsenal wins, um, they will go eight points clear because City will not play this weekend. Yeah. Um. So worth just put throwing that out there city city's game this weekend is postponed because of fa cup games yeah um so we're about to enter one of those periods again where things get janky for a little while in terms of points because people are going to have different amounts of games played because of cup ties happening over the weekend yeah um so. so we could theoretically if arsenal beat crystal palace sunday then you know we could see them go eight points clear of city with city having a game in hand so yeah. which it's just how which it ultimately works. just means they're they're we're in the same place but yeah. um th- just throwing that one out there i don't think i have anything else really to say about the premier league um no. i think that's that's kind of it going into um so things like i said there will be some you know some a handful of them most of the premier league will play this weekend but um um yeah not everyone does not everyone um, will. so man united uh man city and um liverpool and fulham are all or i guess liverpool and uh grimsy town is in it too <laughs> well no i was just talking about the premier league teams games that are postponed no no, no but i was life. just giving them a shout out because Oh yeah, Grimsy Town. Yeah. So, everyone, everyone, if you're not if you're not paying attention, go root for them in their FA Cup tie. Might as well. Yeah, you might as well. Um I am actually a little bit disappointed. I will not probably be able to watch um City's FA Cup tie Saturday. Um oh. because work. Um sad. But I probably won't be able to watch it, which is particularly sad because it is Vincent Company's 
return to uh, the Etihad as manager. So, see so you play Burnley. So, we'll see how that goes. But I probably won't be able to watch it. So, yeah. Um, but that's it in, in terms of England. I think we can talk pretty briefly moving into um, the other, other leagues. leagues. Other leagues. Um, worth noting, Bayern, the the Dortmund, the Bayern Dortmund title race. Um, they are no longer tied at the top of the table. Dortmund did drop points. They tied Schalke this weekend in the River Derby. Um, so that does mean they are now two points behind Bayern. But you know what they say. You know, I mean, I, there's it's a lot close. of time. So, they're, they're, so they're playing each other pretty soon. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, it's all up in the air. So we'll see how how things go. So, but it is worth noting they are no longer tied at the top of the table. Yeah. Um. Interestingly, though, Bayern have a lot of draws this year. I'm just looking at. They really do. Yeah. Um. I'm just looking at the table right now. Dortmund actually have one more win than Bayern does. They have more losses. But Bayern that's such a Dortmund thing. That's such year. a Dortmund thing um, to do, don't you think? Yeah, Dortmund have only tied twice. Um, yeah, this then entire Dortmund year, is pretty much a team who will either lose emphatically. They or either win or they, they lose. They, they, they don't. They don't do anything in the middle. And one of their draws was this past weekend. So, but uh, Bayern have had seven draws this year. So that's interesting and something too. I feel like Keep they an always eye go on. down and then like come storming back and tie it and then they're like, yeah, whatever. They've done that, yeah, a handful of times this year. So anyway, just worth noting there in that title race. Um, in terms of La Liga, nothing much changed this weekend. Um Barca um won their game this weekend. Um as did Real Madrid. So that uh what, still that eight, table stays nine? the same. I don't even know what it is. Nine. Nine. Okay. It is still, Barza is still nine points atop um, the table. Uh, worth noting, however, they do play each other this weekend. El Clasico is is on Sunday. Is so, this, this is not the Copa del Rey El Clasico? This is the La no, Liga this, Clasico? this is La Liga El Clasico. Okay, okay, okay. Um, they, Sorry, they're playing a lot each other like, fif- play like, like 15 times in like three weeks or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a lot. They're playing each other in Copa del Rey as well. But no, this weekend is okay. the La Liga El Clasico. Um, so we'll keep an eye on, on that, and I'm sure we'll talk about that next week. But yeah. that is that is there as well. So that is other leagues um we're gonna um move into the champions league the last round of 16 games happened um this week so we now have our set teams for the quarterfinals for the quarterfinals yeah um you want to talk about um yesterday and then today or you want to flip-flop it um Let's talk the two non-interesting games and then the two interesting games because there's one of each on each day. Okay. Um, um, the first so yesterday, game. And, and by uninteresting, I mean the games we didn't watch or the games I didn't yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, because actually I did watch the end of Porto Inter and that 
probably was a very interesting game to watch. It was certainly a very interesting extra time. Um, But uh, Inter goes through um, that on their first leg, one nothing win. It ended 0-0. But God, did did they have to work for that 0-0? Because I'll tell you, it was a miracle that Porto did not score at the end. There was a like a 30 second period where I literally, I'm literally not kidding. If you don't, if you don't believe me, you can go look it up where they hit the post, the crossbar, and there's a goal line clearance <laughs> yep. in like 45 seconds, like right in injury time at the end of the game. Like it was absolutely Porto. That just is just everything. You know, the football and it's gods just, are against you. Like there's yeah, just that's something just else going on. <laughs> it's just not meant to be at the that point you know like it's just not meant to be but um yeah so Inter Milan goes through on their first leg one nothing win um and then today Napoli put away Frankfurt um fairly simply from what I can tell they won three nothing today they'd won two nothing in the first leg so that's 5-0 on aggregate um so yeah there's that um the other game today was Liverpool Real Madrid um which Real Madrid I watched it yeah um just to preface Real Madrid was up 5-2 after having played Liverpool at Anfield so this game was in Madrid um and very much yeah Real's driving seat um but you watched it more closely than I did yeah to give credit to Liverpool they looked a lot better than I thought they would in this leg I thought there was a good chance they were going to open up because they were desperate to score and then therefore give up a lot of goals um and they did not they actually defended really well throughout the game for the most part um there was a couple of they had some opportunities to score, but it, it was fairly like it. I think the score is appropriate. Like one nothing is is sort of it always felt like it was going to be a one nothing game. I I actually thought there were times during the end of the first half that I thought maybe Liverpool might win one or two nothing. Like I thought Liverpool might win the game, but they were not going to. I never ever ever felt like they were going to score enough um, unanswered to like go through. But I did think that Liverpool, like, played respectably. Um, I don't think... I mean, they definitely, like... I feel like it was a very tall order to ask them to do more. um, And It's a very tall order to to beat Real Madrid by four goals in the Champions League. When when Real is at home, too. If this this had been flipped, I'm not saying it would have changed. If this game had been at Anfield... I think that there might have been a little bit more of a oh maybe Liverpool could do this, but yeah, there it would have been. But yeah, losing losing by three goals at Anfield kind of was it. Like yeah, I don't think anybody really, no Liverpool fans that I know really felt like they were gonna no. go through off this leg. But I will say, like credit to Liverpool, I thought they played a pretty good game today. Um, but. I'll tell you who didn't play a good game. <laughs> um, RB Leipzig certainly did not play um, a respectable game. Um, in case you somehow missed it, which I'm sure you did not, Manchester City uh, gave Leipzig a, le- a, a talking to, a lesson, a thrashing. 
uh, seven nothing. It was, um, yeah. Some teams in Manchester get beat seven nothing. Some teams in Manchester beat other teams seven nothing. Savage, you're savage, savage. <laughs> um. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Um. Uh. Yeah. It was an absolute. <laughs> just it, city. Just looked like pure like the best version of city i think the biggest thing the biggest difference to me in this game versus the last several and city have been playing much better the last couple of games than they were about a month ago yeah. um but i think the biggest thing that what clicked in this game uh it was kevin de bruyne yeah there's no question about it de bruyne game. played um like de bruyne de bruyne played the best version of de bruyne and yes erling holland scored five goals he did equal the uh, most goals scored in a Champions League game. Um, he is the third person to do it, the second person to do it in a knockout game. Um, the first person to do it in a knockout game, in case you live under a rock, is, of course, Lionel Messi. Um, <laughs> and he got taken out in the 63rd minute. So, yeah, there's that. There's that. Um, yeah, but even despite the fact, obviously, Holland is all the headlines, but... De Bruyne played a phenomenal game and his goal of the seven goals, De Bruyne's goal, which was scored at 90 plus two is the best of the bunch. Um, And yeah, he just, he just really looked like peak De Bruyne Um, and city when, when De Bruyne is at the height of his powers, um, city doesn't lose. Like that's, that's kind of just the the truth of the matter. When De Bruyne plays as good as De Bruyne can play, City wins. Um, and City wins like this. Like, yeah. City doesn't win 7 nothing. City wins games without Kevin De Bruyne playing at his best, but City doesn't win 7 nothing if De Bruyne's not playing at his best. Um, and Leipzig, yes, Leipzig are not PSG, are, are you not PSG, they're not Real Madrid, they're not Bayern Munich. Like, yes, Leipzig is not any of those teams. But Leipzig is a very good team. Um, and so it's a it's certainly a statement um seven nothing is certainly a statement um yeah I'm not gonna skip over the fact that their the first goal was a PK that was controversial I I texted Rachel as it happened I said (laughs) listen I said listen I'll take it but that's really soft um I I have not seen a single person actually anywhere argue that that was a PK yeah, um, I mean, it, it, it wasn't, but I oh, think, okay. Yeah, I <laughs> but, think the reality of the situation is that when you dismantle a team as thoroughly as City did Leipzig yesterday, like, it doesn't matter. Like, no, it's I, kind of a moot point in the end, that. right? Because City were so good yesterday and Leipzig just had absolutely no answer. Even before they City got the PK call, like, City almost had almost scored several times by then and, and it was, it, it, yeah. it was coming no matter what. Like, yeah, it was... It very much felt inevitable. So while yes, the first of the of the goals, I think, I, like I said, I don't see a single person saying it was a PK. Not a single yeah. city fan is out here saying. Most city fans are saying, "Look, we've had some calls, questionable calls, very bad calls go against us. You know, we'll take this one. You know, like it's it's not a PK, but we'll take it. You know, like, and I think that's correct. You know, like." It's not, it's certainly, I'd be pissed if it had gone the other way. I'm not going to lie. But yeah. I think at the end of the day, like, I feel better about it because City dismantled Leipzig so 
so sort of like thoroughly that I'm like, that is not the call that determined the outcome of this game. You know what I mean? Like, so I think because of that, I'm like, it's a shrug and move on. But like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know, um, anyways. It was, yeah, just an absolute thrashing, a, a great performance from Erling Holland. Interestingly enough about the Erling Holland thing, um, I thought to myself after he scored the PK, and I think I I said it to you, I, I think because he scored his second one very, very shortly thereafter. And I think I texted you something along the lines of after he scored that first one, my brain went, it's been a while since Holland scored a hat trick. I know. She literally texted scored. me those exact words. I was like, Okay. And then and then he scored not only a hat trick, but you know, five. Um and it is of course I, I do think had he had Pep left him on, uh, he'd have scored another one or two more. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and there's a lot of jokes going around that Pep pulled him out to protect Messi's Look. Messi's record. Look. Um Pep and Pep said after the game it was funny, Pep said after the game like like yeah, you know, like I had to pull him out because if he if he breaks the record now, like like what has he got to look forward to? Like he's only twenty two. Like he's got to work for that, um, hey, which yeah. is kind of funny. Pep was Pep was running his mouth a little bit afterwards, as Pep is wont to do. Um, he went on this whole thing about Julia Roberts. It was funny. I read um, an article about that. Was fully <laughs> confused and then was like, whatever. I can't right basically, now. Basically, basically, they were talking to him about like his legacy in the Champions League because that's what everyone gets on his ass about, you know. And yeah. he's talking about how like no matter what happens, I'll be a failure. Like I'm. It was like a joke, really. He was like, yeah, well, like well, I'm always going to be a failure in the Champions League. Like you guys are always going to say I'm a failure. Like Julia Roberts went to Man United, not Man City. Like I'm a failure. Like, <laughs> like I. It was just like. He, like, says crazy shit like that, like, when he's, like, trying to be funny. Like, yeah. Pep is, fu- Pep is really funny, but you have to know you have to get his, that yeah, he's, you gotta get his humor. You have to, like, get, like, he's got this, like, weird sense of humor. Like, I know he was making a joke, but, like, yeah, anyway, he went on this thing. But, yeah, um, yeah De Bruyne dropped a, dropped a masterclass, which is great great to see you hope he continues that form forward that is what if i was an arsenal fan what i'd be nervous about oh not don't. not oh. holland scoring five goals de bruyne popping oh. off that's what i'm worried though as i said to you you know you staying in that competition as long as possible is potentially fine for me so yeah i'm so, like fine um, like, you know like you keep playing as many games as possible and i will be fine if we don't make it through the europa league like that's where i'm at like, yeah. i don't care about anything else yeah yeah um um, interestingly enough, um, I thought I thought it was actually interesting to look at the analysis of Holland actually post game. Um, both um, what they were talking about with the CBS team um, and Thierry Henry and them, and then also I was listening to ESPN FC this morning. Um, actually, circling back to to Kevin De Bruyne, Thierry Henry did say that he would put Kevin De Bruyne in his all time Premier League eleven yesterday yeah yeah um which i don't think is that that hot of a take um but it is nice to see you know somebody like Thierry Henry and then i was saying to you as well like i always forget how well Thierry Henry knows Kevin De Bruyne yeah um, yeah because Thierry Henry is or has was the assistant coach for Belgium um for this last like world cup cycle so 
I always forget that, that they like know each other. He would be like, Kevin, yeah, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. And usually they don't call him Kevin unless they like know him, you know what I mean? And like, I kept forgetting. And then I was like, oh, damn, like Tyrion really knows him. Like they really know each other. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it's always nice to see like uh, somebody with as much clout as Tyrion where you sort of give credit where I think credit is due. Um, Yeah, definitely. But Erling Holland as well, sort of. I one of my favorite things about Holland is that he's quite like he literally scored five goals, and that he came over and they were t- interviewing him after the game, and they said something to him along the lines of like, "Were you like not were you mad, but like, do you wish you'd stayed on to score more goals, like to break the record?" And he was like, "I could have broken the record in the time that I had. Here's yeah. three chances." I and he lists off the specific the specific moments. He's like, here's three chances I had in the first half that I should have scored. Yeah. Like, and he's like, I, oh, the, the time that this happened and I did this and I screwed it up, I should have scored it. And I think that that's really interesting in for a couple of reasons. One, he really remembers the whole game. Like, he yeah. remembers, like, everything that he did. And he is not sat- – like, there's a lot of – you would not blame a guy for being satisfied with five goals in a – in you know – 63 minutes yeah he's not satisfied with that he wants to score more he thinks he should have done better and like yeah there are chances that he could have scored and he thinks if there is a chance he is of this mindset and i know pep is obsessed with this i know he loves this that if there's a chance that he has and he doesn't score it he he wants to do better yeah until he has and that if he until he and if he does score every chance he has he should have made himself better available to have more chances like it's there's a mindset to it that i just really like like he's not i genuinely and maybe this feels premature for me to say this but i genuinely feel like i personally with my own eyes have never witnessed a, a better pure number nine than Erling Holland. Like a pure, like true classic number nine. I don't know that in, and I mean, you know, I'm talking realistically in the last 15 years. Yeah. Who, nobody does, no, but what? Like he is absolutely relentless. And I know we've talked, we've, we've talked, we've been talking circles about it, but. Like, the reality is, they were talking about, like, is it luck? Is it instinct? Like, you know, what is it? And and I thought one of the guys on the ESPN podcast um, made a good point in the sense that, like, yes, it's it's all of those things. It's luck. It's instinct. It's whatever. It's this. Um, it's the players around you. But if it was just luck, then – because they're, like – because a lot of people were, like, oh, well, he just scored, you know, four tap-ins. And it's like, yeah, but then if it's so easy, why doesn't everybody score four toppings, right? Because yes, it's luck, but at some point, strikers have this bloodthirsty instinct Yeah, to just yeah. be in the right place. The ball seems to, yesterday, it seemed like this, the ball just kept sort of falling at his feet, right? Well, it's like, does it? If, if that was all it was, then why doesn't it happen to more players more often, right? Because that's not all it is. You, yeah. There's, a, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. an element of you make your own luck. 
right? Like yeah. you put yourselves in the danger. There's an instinct to it. And I think he has this like, it's almost an intangible sort of like thing there. Cause you can't really put your finger on like what he's doing. And Thierry Henry was talking about this yesterday in the sense that he was talking about a player that he had played with before and, and that had that sort of like, like that thing, that intangible goal scoring yeah. thing. Yeah. And that he tried to copy what he was doing, right? Like that yeah. he would try to copy it. And so he'd see him make the near post run. He'll be like, okay, so I'm going to make the near post run. He'd make the near post run and then he'd be on the back post to score the goal. Yeah. And he'd be like, <laughs> Well, how do you, how do you know what to do? Like, yeah. and t- I thought that was really interesting to hear Thierry Henry talk about it because we've talked about, you know, I think it's pretty well established. Thierry Henry is one of the best footballers of the last, you know, yeah. 25 years. Yeah. Um, and he's brilliant and he scored lots of goals and had a million assists and he's great, 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 great player. But for, to him to talk about this sort of quality that is that is intangible that does not that isn't something you can really teach it's not really something you can learn it's just sort of this thing this this thing that you have that makes these guys be able to sit in the right place at the right time and I think like I think that you're right some great goal scorers some great forwards some great strikers um in you know the last 15 years we've had you know arguably in my opinion the best player to ever play the game in the last 15 years yeah in Messi and you know my personal opinions decide one of the most prolific goal scorers of all time in Cristiano Ronaldo and Robert Lewandowski and Kareem Benzema and these guys are all brilliant but I think Erling Holland is a different type of thing he just obviously he's a very different player than Messi, than Ronaldo, than Mbappe, than you know all these other guys. But he just is this. He just is there all the time. In the ball just finds him in the box. It it falls right to where he wants it to be, and that's that sort of intangible thing that Thierry Henry was talking about. And I just yeah. think that especially when you think about the fact that this is how, you know, I'm talking about him, but not just me, but lots of people are sort of talking about him like this. He's only 22 years old. (laughs) It's ridiculous when you think about how old he is. I'm just going to say, I know know we've said this before, but I want to reiterate, Norway is going to be quite happy in 2026. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, and for I a while, think, I would say as well. But I, it's, yeah, he's it's very fun. He's he's a monster, and especially when you have him with that instinct and Kevin De Bruyne playing at the peak of his Kevin De Bruyne powers. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. And I think they've been talking about like, oh, Holland has not scored as much the last couple of games before yesterday. And he took that real personally. He said, he said, they're better with they're better without me. Watch this. <laughs> like, um, I think ultimately it's a it's a good if we can continue that form from De Bruyne specifically, like that's good stuff. But um, you know, through to the next through to the quarterfinals. 
worth yeah, noting one last note in the Champions the draw, League. I don't know when the draw happens. So. Draw is Friday. The draw is Friday. Um, one last note in the Champions League. I do believe that this is the first time in like something like 20 years that three Italian teams oh, nice. um, are through to the quarterfinals. Nice. Um, That's fun. So yeah, the teams through to the quarterfinals, um, in case you are unaware, are Benfica, Chelsea, Bayern, um, AC Milan, Inter Milan, City, Napoli, and Real Madrid. So that is two English teams, one German team, um, one Portuguese team, one Spanish team, and three Italian teams. Hell yeah for City Ah. So go Syria. Um, I'm telling you right now, I don't want Madrid. I don't want Napoli. And I don't want Bayern. Probably going to get Chelsea. <laughs> I would actually be very happy to get Chelsea. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah. I would really like Real Madrid to get knocked out by somebody that's not City. I don't want to have to play. Maybe that call, call me a coward. I don't want to have to play. Yeah, Real it is a little bit cowardly, but I understand. It's understandable. I understand. Yeah, like call me. You can call me a coward. I'll. I'm scared of Real Madrid. I'll say it. Real Madrid. I'll have this. They got. There's something about the Champions League of Real Madrid. Okay. Um. I don't want it. I don't want that smoke. Okay. Um. Call um, me a coward. I am. That's fine. I'll take you... Bayern. I'll take Bayern. I'll take Napoli. I don't want Real Madrid. You're going to end up with Real Madrid in the quarterfinals. I'm going to end up with Real Madrid. <laughs> um, all right. So we want to wrap up um, with this. There's an international break coming up and the men's U.S. men's national team roster came out and we just wanted to briefly touch on it. Um be like who's yeah, in who's not, out nothing really insane i don't think tyler adams is injured so he's not there yeah um other than that zach stefan is back in the roster um for goalkeeping wise um do 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 tim ream anthony robinson no very few very few mls guys i will yeah. say yeah um which i always like to see yeah, um, me too. We me too. do have. I think there's only there's two potential debutants on the roster. Um, one is a forward by the name of Taylor Booth, who I do not know like anything about. I haven't heard um, that name before. So I don't know much about Taylor Booth. Um, I'm looking at it right now. He is 21. He plays in the Eredivisie. Okay. So all there. things that we are uh find acceptable um yep in being on yep. the team. So that's fine by me. So he Oh, interesting. So he looked like he came through he came through Bayern Munich. Oh, even better. Even better. He played um he played for Bayern Munich's second team and now he's in their diversity. So All right. Well, then that's what we like to see with people. So Fantastic. that's Taylor Ruth. Um, the other potential debutante I actually do know quite a bit about. The other potential debutante is Austin Trusty. So fun facts about Austin Trusty: he's a defender. In case you don't know, he's actually Arsenal property. Um, I knew that. I actually I, I realized that after we talked about him. He's on loan at Birmingham. Is that correct? 
something like that. He's on loan, basically. He's also he's Arsenal property, but he's out on loan. Um, what's particularly fun about Austin Trusty is that Austin Trusty is from where we are from. Um, literally from us. Literally from the same place that we are from. Um, yeah. And actually, the club that Austin Trusty played for in his youth career, Nether FC, which is now mostly 1776, but um, Nether is the same club that we played for. Yep. As youths. Which, and I actually, as, after as we youths, have this so, as youths. <laughs> as youths. Um, um, I actually had a thought, Rachel, yeah. after we were texting about him earlier, that I'd never occurred to me before. But we used to, he would have been the same age group as us. Yeah, we probably still um, saw him play. He, like, he pro- I probably scrimmaged him. Yeah, we probably we did a whole bunch of the things boys with team. him. Yeah. I, there is a not there is a non-zero chance that once upon a time an ele- a 10 to 11 year old Katya made an attempt to take Austin Trusty out in a you in a boy girl scrimmage. You probably failed, but just remember that fact and feel like proud of yourself that you tried. I don't know for sure because I had no awareness of who he was at the time. Um but he did play on the for the club that I played for. Um and our team did use to scrimmage yeah. the boys of yeah, the same yeah. age. Yeah. Um so like there is a very non-zero chance that once upon a time I got wrecked by Austin Trusty. <laughs> um, um, probably anyway, not it's... wrecked because I because we were like kids, like 10-year-olds at that point. Because he did go to the Union Academy when he was like 12 or 13. So yeah. um you know, we were like young, young children like, and boys yeah. that age were scared to take us out. Um, I was not scared to take them out. Let's be clear. <laughs> so there's a not, there's a non-zero chance that I played against Austin trustee as a middle schooler. Um, yeah. I don't, anyway. I won't, I don't know for sure, but could, could have been, could have been, but I just shout out to the hometown boy. Um, who will never you know. listen to this, but that's fine. No, but shout out to the hometown boy. Um, you know, Delco represent. Yeah, I guess so. Um, um other than that, nothing too crazy. Uh Daryl DK is on this squad. Um yeah. Alex Zendejas is on this squad yes. as well, who is um he's a dual national who just like this, this week declared for the US. Um he's a, he's a dual national US uh, Mexico and he did declare for the US this yeah. week. So that's exciting. Um yeah, other than that, you know, it's Aronson, McKinney, De La Torre, Musa, Pepe is on the roster, Pool Six on the roster, Tim Way is on the roster, Gio Reyna is on the roster. Nothing, nothing else really. No, nope. too notable. I don't, like actually, give- I don't actually know who we're even going to be playing, so don't even know. I don't either. But we will obviously update it's CONCACAF, you. It's CONCACAF Nations League, so... Um, who knew existed, but whatever. it'll be it'll be Concacaf, whatever which, it is, which um, means it'll be chaotic. I'm sure. I'm sh- I'm sh- uh, absolutely. Um, but we will keep you updated, obviously, as those games happen, um, and any other international break games that I guess are coming down the pike as well, which I considered. Um, but do we have any final words? I feel like we did pretty well with what we had this week. So, no, I think that's it. All right. Well, we will talk to you again, as always, next week. Bye. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.